Hi everyone, and welcome to the 87th episode of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host, Daryl, and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys. And Spencer. I'm also ready, Freddy. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So yes, welcome to 2014. Hopefully it should be a rather interesting year for Final Fantasy. We've got a few games coming out. Well, Final Fantasy XIV on the PlayStation 3, and of course Lightning Returns coming out on the PS3 and Xbox 360. Yay! Don't forget that Theat Rhythm 2 Electric Boogaloo coming out. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's that. a thing. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for the iOS port six months later with all the songs. Oh, don't, don't forget to uh, about ATB, t- ATB 2 as well. Mm. Does it actually feature ATB? Probably not. <laughs> not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, we're sticking with uh, the same kind of show outline for for this episode, but I'm going to be talking about that in a, in a little bit in terms of we're trying to switch things up and we want to get a bit of feedback. But So we're going to start off with a discussion, which is going to be around Final Fantasy X Part 3, uh, and then we're going to go on to some news, and then we've got the burning question segment, which is about Lightning Returns. But before we get into all that, I just want to remind everyone that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network and TweaksMusic.com. It comes out on the iTunes store, FinalFantasyUnion.com, and GamingUnion.net. So, yes, we are thinking about making some changes to the show, um, and before I actually go on to talk about this any further, I just want to say now that if you do have any feedback relating to the show or anything I'm just about to discuss please feel free to post it on either Gaming Union or Final Fantasy Union on the post for the podcast. Or if you want to tweet us, it's at FFUnion. Or you can go on Facebook where we're forward slash Final Fantasy Union. So any feedback will be much appreciated. You know, we're always open to feedback at any time. But, you know, if it's in relation to a specific episode, that's, that's the easiest place for us to find it. So first up, I guess just... Any thoughts about are you happy with the show in terms of its format? So we've changed the format a little bit in the last couple of months. We've added a feature discussion at the beginning, which is where we'll talk in more in depth about a specific news piece. But, you know, is there anything about the show format that you like or don't like? I mean, specifically, we want to know about your thoughts about the burning question. Do you feel it's relevant enough when it comes around? Because, you know, we sometimes feel that the burning question we ask, when it actually comes around to it, it doesn't really have that much pertinence anymore i guess is that right guys yeah it it does at the time just not a month later yeah exactly so i mean we've tried mixing around in terms of giving topics that have a bit more lifespan um but you know sometimes the legs get a bit lost on that um also we want to know if you if you would like to show to be accessible on other platforms you know we're thinking about doing soundcloud or youtube you know if that's something that would interest you just let us know and that will help us kind of gauge whether or not we want to pursue that route or not um finally we also want to know about the questions so you know questions are a big thing for us but um i guess in the last year or two it's become a bit more difficult to ask us questions Uh, it used to make a lot more sense with regards to the forums but things have changed so much on the internet in the last couple of years that you know things are different and now if there are any other things that you want us to adopt that would make it easier for you to ask us questions i mean one of them for example could be for us to have set up a form spring account where you can just go there and ask us anything and is, then that, is that like to similar us. to ask fm yeah there's probably loads of them yeah okay because i've like never heard of that the only one i know is like ask fm like that but yeah if there's any alternatives or anything like that then just let's just let us know um and also if, if there's anything you want us to add to the show do you think there's anything that we're missing you know if do you want to be able to interact with us more or anything like that just just let us know and then we can definitely all we can do is consider it and and you know we might add up, end up adding stuff or removing stuff or changing things around but 
yeah, just let us know on Twitter, Facebook, the site, tele- telepathy. <laughs> My phone number is uh, 555. Yeah, just let us know and um, and we'll we'll feedback to you on the spot or we'll have a discussion about it and, and talk about it in the next show. Anyway, that's enough for that. Housekeeping is always a bit of an awkward one. I don't really like mm-hmm. doing it on the show. And you guys just go quiet. I brought my, um, I brought well. my maid outfit Thanks. and everything. Didn't even need it. Clean, you <laughs> no. cleaned up everything for me. Anyway, we're going to move on to the feature discussion, which is about Final Fantasy Part 3, which just sounds a bit weird saying. I don't know why. It's, <laughs> it's what we call the wrong. unwanted, Daryl. Yeah, um, so to give a bit of background about this, um, this, pr- this pretty much broke on Boxing Day over here, which is something that um, Commonwealth countries will understand, but everyone else won't have a clue what we're talking about. Um, it's everyone, it's everyone fights around a ring, right? Yeah, it's 26th some... of December. So um, the HD collection is out in Japan, and there was a remastered Ultimania guide to go along with it, and it had an interview with Nojima, who wrote the story, and he's written the story for loads of other Final Fantasy games. And in that interview, he stated that he would personally love to see a sequel to Final Fantasy X Part Two. And a classic line that we've heard so many times from every developer around the world, if there's enough demand, we could see it happening. <laughs> How we actually show that demand, especially considering Nintendo the other month said that they don't listen to any fan feedback. Does Japan know there's an internet? <laughs> yeah. Like, has Al Gore just not brought it over there yet? Like, are they close? <laughs> are they beta testing the internet in Japan? It's like, yeah, if there's enough demand, we'll make it happen. Type zero. Yeah. Hmm. I know. No, yeah, we won't. Because no one mailed their $5 envelopes to their official offices. That's how we're supposed to let them know. Uh, Anyway, so that was the first thing that happened. Um, Then, of course, now, there was the audio drama, but I'll get onto that in a bit. There's also a novel that they released alongside this, and that was called Final Fantasy X Part 2.5. Good names. Yeah. Keep it up. Um, And basically, that takes place... Uh, I think right after ten part two, the last mission. Mm. Um, I, gotta, I gotta ask though, did we did we know this was coming out? Because I didn't know until people I didn't were complaining. Know. I, no. I didn't know. I only found out about it afterwards because we just knew about the audio drama. Yeah, everyone was talking about the book, and I was just like, this sounds a bit messed up, but okay. Um, but the book ends with to be continued, which was a lead in to the audio drama, and the audio drama, which you guys probably are aware of now, is that like thirty minute. Um, thing that kind of accompanies the end of the game for the HD collection something that they, they, they wrote specifically all of this has been written by Nojima um, but yeah this the, the audiobook or the audio drama was called Final Fantasy X Will so basically we've gone chronologically here Final Fantasy X Final Fantasy X 2 Final Fantasy X 2.5 and then back to Final Fantasy X mm-hmm. <sighs> Nojima just just, just, weird. just keep it up just keep yeah. doing everything you're doing just keep doing it but in English, um, please. Yeah, so the, yeah. the audio drama... We're not actually going to talk about the contents of the audio drama. Like, if you're interested in looking that up, then you can do. It's all over YouTube with subtitles that have been done by fan translators and all that stuff. Um, but the it basically opens it up for a third game. Yeah, I, I'm just... From the stuff that I'm hearing with like the novel and the audio drama... I almost think it's just one of those things where it's going to be like a car wreck, but I just need to look at it. I need to see it, and I need to read it, and I need to hear it, and yeah, I'm I'm really interested in it, but at the same time, it sounds utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Well, like I'm I'm interested in it based all like pretty much solely on that like novelty we had like almost ten years ago now of like when they announced the like 
seven compilation series of like mm-hmm. expanding that universe and it feels like they kind of want to test the waters for doing something like that but clearly they don't want to commit to something yet and i mean the fact that like we got an audio drama and novel out of it is is pretty big because even though you think Square Enix wouldn't mind taking like you would think audio dramas and even novels are pretty smaller risk but like for the fact that these are like part of main numbered series and the fact that the kind of reaction that fans are putting out to a possible sequel maybe and the is... fact it was written by Najima as well because yeah. I mean Najima and it, it from based on the feedback of these two items it's a, a bit bad but you know Najima hasn't really done any wrong no he's, he hasn't. He, he's written all of the main stories that have like been heralded as some of the best games of all time yeah um he, yeah. so it's it's difficult yeah plus it's not like I... he it's not like Najima's just doing this for the money like he has even said before like like the 10 universe is like one of his favorites like he he mm. loves he loves like writing about this like universe and like that was the whole reason why there was a 10 why 10 2 was the first sequel because they didn't want to leave that world also there was the lot of money on the table because that game made so much bank but also because they just loved that world and wanted to come back to it and they're kind of doing the same because it, it's basically like whenever all of us will be on the internet and be looking up something and be like oh my god i love that movie or game or something be like why does that never get a sequel it's it's basically what they're doing when they went back and made the hd collection i don't know i feel like sometimes some stories are better left not revisited i mean you love the you love the world and stuff but it doesn't need to be a sequel you know um it could be something like what jk rowling's doing right now with the harry potter series She's not writing um, a sequel to Harry Potter. Instead, she's making movies that are based in the same world, but like thousands of years before. And it's just like you know. Well, that's that. In some ways, it's kind of what Ten Two was because it was about kind like of. a thousand. Years but it was before. still it was still all about it was still all about Yuna. Wasn't yeah, it, it was. Well, Yuna Len. Yeah, Shuyin. this is not this is not what that's going to be. I don't think any of the characters are going to be in it. Like I any think, of the notable characters. I'm not sure though. It's like the whole thing with. I was watching a documentary the other day about Star Wars and how, obviously, like it started off with episode four, five, and six. So they set themselves up for putting stuff in like earlier. But they just ruined it all. <laughs> like they didn't need to do what they did. Like all this, like when they try and explain stuff, that's when it usually goes wrong. Yeah, or they don't like review the content beforehand, and then all of a sudden, Metachlorians comes in, and all of a sudden you're just kind of like, um, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Uh, like, a big one we should point out that I'm surprised with all the, like, negative outrage that's been to all this news is they've said they'll open the doors. Like, not like not once have they said, we're going to make another game. They basically that said they would like to do it. generally means in Square Enix talk that they're going to do it. it, it yeah, was but like, I mean, but I, I, with... I, I would totally agree with you if the fact that Nojima himself made an audio drama and a novel for Like, I well, could that... totally see them be, like, it, like continuing it in... I would probably prefer a movie over a game at this point. I'm They're not... definitely going to do something. Like it, with Type Zero, I don't think they've ever said if there's enough demand, we'll bring it over to the West. And with the HD um, Final Fantasy VII HD, I don't think they've ever really said anything the same either. But they said it with uh, Final Fantasy XIII, 
like oh if there's if there's enough demand we'll make a sequel two yeah. months later oh we're nuking a sequel i mean i'm not <laughs> i'm not really raging i'm just sort of like i don't think anyone's raging i don't really oh I, trust I, me I just, they are i just don't really understand and it's not something that i personally would want if anything, I'd probably I probably want a prequel all about like the time that Unalesca was a summoner. Like I really am interested in in sort of the history of sin and that sort of stuff and how it was back then. Well, yeah, I mean, in some ways, that like like Crisis Core. I don't think I've ever really heard anyone complain about Crisis Core. No, and but that, it was done really well. Yeah, and and that kind of touched on the story of Final Fantasy VII. It kind of in, it, it was interspliced with it. And it, it, it explains stuff, but not in a negative way. Well, I think and a, not bi- in a big an part of that, like Crisis Core, what people like that, is because, like you're saying, it touches on parts of Seven, but it is so heavily wrapped in its own story that exactly. you don't have to play Seven to enjoy Crisis Core. Exactly, which is why, like you know, um, it's it's the whole sort of problem sometimes with with prequels and sequels. Like, take, um, I don't know if any of you have seen, like, X-Men First Class, for example, but, like, they threw in so much stuff that they were just like, oh, well, this is why this happens, and this is why this is like this in the movie. Oh, look at this. Oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Wee, wee, wee. Like, like no, trying, <laughs> trying so hard to make it seem like, oh, well, this is how everything came to be, and we're just going to f- throw you with fan service and all this sort of stuff and it like that's not what that's not what makes it realistic and it's not what makes it honest and that's pretty much what crisis core was like crisis core was really honest and it was really good and it literally was the story of zach it, it was tabata yeah it wasn't it wasn't this like sellout really if tabata's making 10 part 3 i'm in yeah that's true um what so, else is he doing uh, i know he's doing 15 ah yeah it's a side project <laughs> yeah so um there were quite a few discussions about this on uh, on twitter so um i'm just going to read some of these out because it, we had some quite mixed opinions here so First of all, um, we had the positive side. So Pokemon Trainer J said, so long as it's more like Final Fantasy X, but with the job system of Final Fantasy X Part Two, then yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. And we had Noctis Warp who said, 10 and 10 Part Two are, my, are some of my favorite games, so I would love to play 10 Part Three. But then on the other side, <laughs> we had Keep Toriyama Away From It, which was <laughs> from Tiny Tunes. And then... Uh, we had Paul Blessing 3, who said something which I'm not necessarily sure I agree with, but he said uh, Square Enix doesn't do sequels well. They always seem to completely destroy the previous story with their sequels. Mm. I think maybe they conf- they definitely confuse the story, but I mean, 13-2 is definitely not a failure. No. Maybe in, in terms in of sales to, compared to 13. Whether you love it or hate it, I mean, it, it clearly, like, did a good job of not, like, letting the past, like, game, like, keep it in just like a formulaic sequel like it mixed things up a lot too Ian, but what do you what do you guys think about it? i mean like you, you kind of said that you're not raging about it but like if, if they did do the story in a good way so like i mean we i i haven't fully delved into this the audio drama and the novel it sounds quite dark though yeah you know, some of the stuff that they describe it's quite <laughs> graphic um it doesn't sound very fun fancy like no. I think that's what people are getting really confused about, and um, the fact that it doesn't really sound like the universe of ten. 
So I guess my concern would be that if they continue on that path and then make it into a game, maybe they felt because it was a book that they could um, mix yeah. things up a bit more and make it a bit more adult. Maybe. I would. But, I would. If they did have to make Ten Three a game, I would say I would want it to kind of get released like Kingdom Hearts Three was like announced to release, which I know a lot of people freaking hated. But the fact that it was well, we wanted the other games to come out first. Like it would be cool if they announced. But my biggest reason I wouldn't want it to be a game is because we're already in the like tapping our foots like irritatedly about fifteen at this point. The fact that we. No, I have no idea their general release window when it's coming out, except with just like out of bets and stuff. And it'd be like if they did make Ten Three, they would have to either outsource it to a whole other studio, which they would never do, or wait till everything's done, which would mean we'd get Ten Three about the time of the PS4 ending. Yeah, unless it's going to be. Um... We don't know what they're going to do in terms of release cycles. I mean, I would imagine uh, 15 is going to come out next year. Um, but it, most development studios now are pushing out their franchises once a year, or trying to. Yeah, and and Square Enix are, are yeah, they're not doing it too badly. I mean, 10 after 13, which obviously took quite a while. You know, 13 Part Two came out two years later, right? Mm-hmm. And and Lightning Returns is coming out two years after that. So they're, they're kind of getting it right. That's, that's why it would make sense for um, 15 to come out next year, because then there's only a year gap. I don't see it coming out this year. But, you know, if if 10 Part 3 was going to be the next one after that, is it going to be a PS4? Who knows? I mean, Well, would... actually, there, there is something I kind of wanted to bring up with that, and kind of going back to what Paul Blessing said, well, in terms of, like, sequels and stuff. How would you guys feel if, instead of making... Th- 10.3 a full big blown budget retail game if it was more similar to an episodic game like how they did with the after years except probably a little better done maybe they can uh, get uh, Tilted Games to develop it <laughs> uh, hopefully like, uh, like I said similar to after years but nowhere near as bad as the after years yeah I'd, I'd rather it if it's going to come out I'd probably rather it just be a regular title much like Ten two, yeah, but I, mean, I am interested in it. They could just feature it. I mean, it worked really well for Crisis. Yeah, yeah, but you know, you'd get a lot of people who'd be mad, like all those Kingdom well, Hearts they, fans they, who'd always get mad at the mobile anyway, because they, they like they wouldn't conceivably want to release it on the PS3. That that'd be pretty ballsy if, like, by two years they release ten three. It's two thousand fifteen, and they release a PS3 game. <laughs> exactly, and, yeah. and it's not. They've already skipped. You know, it, it's I mean, just I mean, thing. hey, we're saying it's ballsy. It's not a financially dumb move, though. They would, they would still sell a bunch of copies. It's like we don't have specific numbers on how much ten and ten two sold, but we already know it sold well and above better than mm. Lightning Returns did. Oh yeah, ten. Well, ten two. Wait, is ten two or thirteen two? No, ten and ten two as compared to thirteen two. Well, I think. 10 I mean, no, no, no. I mean, as opposed to Lightning Returns, ten sold about eight and a half. I think Lightning Returns sold about six and a half. Uh, I think. Ten two was about five to five and a half, and I think um, thirteen two was about is about currently about three. Mm-hmm. So you know, well it's, things have changed. There's, there's been quite a, a long time since ten two happened, so there's going to yeah. be a lot of hype that's got died down. It'll be interesting to see how much the HD collections sell. No, yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like how well it sold in Japan so far. I don't know, because I don't because yeah, that, yeah because there's yeah because there's no official numbers with all the holiday stuff going on. But for like the word like general like word of mouth and stuff over there, it's it's a lot harder to get ten and ten to like people are buying that all over the place. I would imagine that it's going to sell about hundred to two hundred k. 
I would say, I would say this though. Have you um, they, they're very smart in terms of like their Japan marketing. Have you guys seen that crying trailer? No. The ads for ten and the ten and ten to uh, like HD remaster and stuff is <laughs> is basically just like set to uh, um, the like the main theme and stuff. But it's just a bunch of it's just a bunch of Japanese people crying and stuff to their favorite <laughs> moments. And I was like, that's so true. Like one of the first things I think about in that game story is how many times they freaking was like a baby in it. Oh, baby Spitzer. Yeah, I was just three <laughs> crying playing a place two game. Couldn't get past tutorial. Lauren was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lauren was three back then. Little known yeah. fact: she's actually sixteen. <laughs> um, getting back to the sort of PlayStation Three thing, though. Um, honestly, like I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know many people who have PS4s at the moment. Yeah, well, that's now. In a year's yeah. time, that'll be very different. I don't know. Um, no, it's, she is a good point, Daryl. Seriously, it, like, there's a reason. There's a lot of. There's a reason that, um, like Persona Five is still coming out only on PS3. Uh, yeah, but that's coming out next year. Well, this year, not the year after. Like I mean, it'll be, it'll be next year for America. What 2015? I'll... Yeah, there's no way it's coming out same same day in Japan. I'll be honest. Like, if it weren't for if it weren't for the site and stuff. I I probably would have delayed getting a PS4 much as I did with the PS3. Like I just it's it's a it's a huge expense. I mean, it's it's not something that It's you... a huge expense, but it's the fastest selling console of all time. I know, it's true. Which yeah, but I don't know, maybe it's just because like the people around me that I sort of talk to every day, they don't really have them. This this time next year, there will be plenty of PS4s in the market. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely going a lot faster, like you're saying, Daryl, because, like, you know how it really took, like, a couple of years, like, basically it took, like, almost three years for the PlayStation 3 to get really, like, hot. I think we're basically going to be there in about, like, a year and a half for the next Yeah, exactly, and, and depending on the games that release, like, we know literally nothing about the software lineup for after, well, after March, but, you know... Uh, Think about it from this perspective. For someone like Atlas, it's fine to release Persona on an old console. They're they're a company that has a niche. Square Enix are not Atlas. They have always and would like to think that they still are one of the the four uh, companies that are at the forefront of game development. If they're releasing a, a game that's like a really big AAA title for them, which it should be, two years out of date doesn't really look that great well i mean i don't really think atlas has ever really cared and stuff i mean god persona 4 came out almost three years after the p after the uh, ps3 launched and that game still sold fantastic yeah i mean it's obviously like yeah like you're saying different markets and stuff and different things like that but i mean it'll it'll just be interesting to see how long the like last gen systems i mean i honestly i'm hoping that we see a lot of like the cross-platform thing for longer than we did with the last systems because it is nice for like, because it is nice for games to come out and be like, hey, it's on everything. It doesn't matter what you have. Yeah, well, it does diminish their quality. It, yeah, exactly. It, it is going to hold them back, but I think for like the first year, or even at least for like the rest of the year, because there is a big part of me that's like, I don't mind the fact that Lightning Return is on the current gen systems, but the fact that it's only on it is kind of like, it, it does kind of it's make gonna, me say, it's going to uh, all be dictated on by how fast the consoles sell because it's not going to be worth it for publishers to carry on to producing PS3 and Xbox 360 games because they'll mm-hmm. make more money off PS4 and Xbox One games. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, that's our feature discussion. Let us know what you think about that after the show has aired uh, or if you want to talk about it whenever Final Fantasy Part 
that 10 part 3. Yeah, it's probably going to happen. Watch us never hear any of this news about it again. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so news. Lightning Returns. It's coming out soon. It's already out. What are you talking about? Oh, (laughs) in America. (laughs) Um, So, uh, last episode we were talking about the Japanese release of the game. And Spencer made a prediction. (laughs) I also made a prediction. Now, now what was yours before before we hear my wrong prediction? (laughs) <laughs> I believe I predicted that Lightning Returns would sell approximately half that of 13 Part 2 in its first week in Japan. Spencer, I believe you said it would sell a lot more than that. I, I I'm now I'm not getting I'm not getting quoted here. These are not quotes, people. I got to go back and mm-hmm. research this, but I'm pretty sure I was talking about worldwide. But knowing me, I probably wasn't, and was horribly wrong because I give my faith in this company way too much. anyway yes so uh, Japanese sales of Lightning Returns came in at 277,000 for the first week which is approximately half of what 13 part 2 sold Um, still better than the new Mario game it was better than the new Mario game but (laughs) Mario will sell for a much longer period of time very true Um, the the thing that I find quite funny about this is that Skronik are continuing to promote the game on Xbox 360 in Japan now, the proportion of sales that came from the Xbox 360, uh, they must make a loss. No, you see, I, I've actually, I was talking to someone about this, because so many companies, like I think Konami was the big one, and then I think, I know Koei followed, and like Square Enix is basically the last Japanese company to still put out 360 games. And like to, point, like, to the fact that like they're putting out like even like North American games on 360 out over there. That it, it like you would think it's a loss exactly, but you got to think about it and how old Xbox 360 hardware it is, and the fact that they're so used to porting porting them all over now, it's like it's got to take like a team of two guys. So yeah, I think okay. I think like they probably they probably printed about ten thousand copies of the of the 361. They're like, all right, we know we're at least gonna sell this in its lifetime. Like the 361 is basically like a curti- a courtesy pat on the head. Uh, I don't know. I, it's difficult to say because like okay, so let's say of those two hundred seventy-seven thousand, we know that four thousand were on Xbox 360, which is a pitiful percentage, even for Japan. Yeah. Um, in flat retail, that means that that's probably generated them a, about a quarter of a million dollars. But then you have to take out, you know, the, the cut that the Xbox will take, Microsoft will take, the cut that the retailers will take, um, the cut that, well, they developed and published it, so that's fine. There's, there's other cuts that they have to take out. I can't remember what it is. But well, I think there, there's a lot. Yeah, so I think generally a publisher get, if they publish and develop it, they get about 50%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about 50 if they do both. So then, okay, so you're saying two people, let's say they worked on it for a year. I don't know. Honestly, port jobs if they're well if they're done one off, they can only they can probably take about six months or so. But yeah, let's just be given the benefit of the doubt and say they did some quote unquote polish and it was so a year. You've got some salaries in there, which are probably maybe thirty times. See, two, da- so see, Daryl, you're you're, for, you're forgetting you're forgetting the the greatest word in business ever: interns. They wouldn't. Yeah, I very much doubt that they would do that. No, hey, you would be surprised what people do to cut costs. Besides, trust me, like. Unpaid interns, what's a good way to prove yourself? Make a good port on 360. Go yeah, on. our biggest Run. Japanese game. Um, um, even, hey, come on, even that's debatable. But it's like, then you've got to think about how much it costs to make, like print all the discs, all the box, all that crap. They must have made, like, it, it, at tops, about 20k. On, I guess only, the, on only 360. I, I, but, like, you know, it's got to be close. I, 
if they made a loss, I wouldn't be surprised. But we still got to remember, like, the budget on... I feel, I even feel like... Lightning Returns feels like the most budget title in the entire series for me. Just because it is the third one. We've been using this engine for a while. They still got still tons of art assets. to make, though. Well, yeah, but that's just because they were, like, actually trying something new with the, like, gameplay this time. Yeah, so in so it's budget, but don't forget, like the most most companies' biggest expense comes from wages. So it's not about how difficult it was; it was about how long it takes. Hashtag lightning return facts. Let's start that information. How many de- <laughs> how many dinners did they buy? They might. The only thing they would have uh, could have done to cut costs is have a smaller staff working on it, which is probably uh, what they did do. Yeah, actually, little known fact: those behind the scenes videos. That was the entire staff. Yeah, that was the <laughs> those six people we've talked to is the entire people. That's all it took two years, Daryl. They <laughs> the cut Mura the staff did a few down. Concepts, then just said like, "Go to town." <laughs> I am washing my hands. Toriyama just, just I don't know what the hell he did. Just... Kata is just sitting there with like six interns. Like, what do we do? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing. T- I'm doing uh, fifteen. <laughs> don't worry about me. <laughs> We'll be here in the making money department. See you guys later, last gen. Yeah, that's what the uh, the new CEOs kind of uh, instilled. Oh. Interns. <laughs> the entirety of Square Enix now is just run off interns, all unpaid. Anyway, so yeah, that's the sales of Lightning Returns. I'm sure they'll go up over time. I think um, 13 Part 2 managed to sell about 660,000 in its first year. And that was worryingly still one of the best-selling... Well, no, second best-selling PS3 game of all time in Japan. So Lightning Returns still has potential. So, so should we should we take a bet now or or next episode, depending on when it'll be out for everybody, on the Western numbers on how much you think they'd, they're going to sell? Uh, we'll do it next episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So the next thing was I should let Lauren talk about this one because she wrote about it. Okay. All right. So 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 the collector's edition. Yes. Yes. The collector's edition Ding. announced for North America. Um, so basically, they'll be getting this like really shiny new collector's edition, which has like a bunch of stuff in it. Um, well, the art book has pretty much become a Square Enix tradition now with most collector's editions. Um, but also, you'll get a silver embossed pocket watch, which actually looks really, really, really cool. And um, a code... So that you can get Eris's Flower Girl costume in game. Woohoo! Yeah. Expect that to be downloadable within a week and then taken down the next day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, so if you think it's worth it, it's all um, for ninety dollars, basically. Well, eighty nine ninety nine. Um, Which I and... think is thirty dollars more than the standard. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, and, and it could only be purchased from Square Enix's online store as well. Which I think is pretty cheeky, but it means they make more money. Yeah. Well, exactly. And a, a big one, like, I, I also thought that, but then I realized, I don't know about you guys, those collection editions for 13.2, like, the 13.2 collection edition was really, really good, but you could buy it anywhere. I remember seeing that thing bargain bin pretty quickly. And so this way, they're going to be able to, I'm control assuming... Control pricing. Some, exactly. Well, A, control the pricing, and then B, they won't be stuck with like a million of them when they're done. Yeah, although I'd imagine that pretty quickly they'll be sold on Amazon. Well, yeah, but it's going to be through like third-party people. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 yeah. But in, I don't know whoever buys stuff third-party off Amazon, because it's always at the most ridiculous price. 
Unless it's like, you'll, just... like you'll see a collection edition the day after it comes out or the day it's yeah, stopped being Five hundred dollars. Yeah, five hundred dollars. Hey, it's uh, like the uh, Nino Cooney one. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Oh like God, unless yeah, somebody Nino pulls a Nino Cooney. If somebody pulls a Nino Cooney, buys all the copies in but Canada and then sells them. If you've got the money to spend, like if you were if you were going to get an art book for this game, like if you were interested in that kind of thing, this is a really good deal because you're basically getting an art book for thirty dollars and it's eighty pages. Mm. Yeah, and, and, as, and as someone who's getting it, I will say there is one big complaint that I know a bunch of other people have said as well that I have with it, is after getting the soundtrack in the last collection edition, it's a big bummer that we don't get in this one. Yeah, although generally, I have a, like whenever they give away soundtracks, there's always like that best collection, isn't it? Yeah. No, no, no. That was the that was the amazing thing about thirteen two. It included all four discs of the of the soundtrack. Like it was the legitimate full eighty two track soundtrack. Well, what would you like... prefer, Spencer? Would you prefer the art book and a pocket watch? Or... Yeah, it's true. Because you only got a sliver of it in the last one. The pocket watch is pretty badass, I must say. Yeah, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a good pocket watch to own for many years, and now I finally have one. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in all honesty, I'll probably end up picking up the soundtrack at some later point, too. But, I mean, I don't know. Are, are you guys planning on picking it up? Because I know Europe's well, also it's not available one. in yeah. Europe. Yeah, but you, you guys have some other kind. But it's, it's our, our one is just, like, it's the cloud costume. and Oh, I, yeah, and no, like a steelbook. Yeah. Exactly. But I, I, don't you guys find it weird how, like, Square Enix knows, like, their hardcore fans. Like, for the collection edition, they always do the same thing. They include the Japanese cover art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's the whole thing, isn't it? Like the, the the Japanese and European box art was always quite similar, and then for some reason they decided that the Europeans wanted the North American one, even though no one did. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one and, uh, ever has asked for that. I still remember when I was like first sort of dating Daryl, and um, we were talking about our copies of Final Fantasy, and he would always just laugh in my face at the cover art that I have on mine, and now that it's sort of changed over, I'm just like... Hee-hee. I want to die inside. <laughs> and I laugh. <laughs> That's why you gotta pay the extra bucks for the sweet co- uh, cover art. Exactly. Okay, um, but on top of that, um, like going along with the heiress's flower girl, um, Lightning Returns, you will also be able to wear Yuna's rather skimpy gunner outfit from Final Fantasy X-2. Oh, yeah. Still not hotter than the Moogle costume. Just gonna Oh, I want the Moogle costume. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I really want the Moogle costume. Like, really uh, bad. Man, or, the, or the Tomberry. The, the, I would the be fine with the Tomberry. The freaking outrage on Twitter when, when that DLC came out, people were like, this isn't real, right? This can't be real. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Personally designed by Lady Gaga herself, Daryl. Yeah. So, before we go on uh, to A Realm Reborn, Spencer, I think there was something you wanted to talk about with regards to the HD collection. Yeah, if you were just thinking to yourself, hey, I like Final Fantasy, but none of that 13 stuff, and like, I also like Collection Edition, well, the Square Enix online store has an exclusive Collection Edition for you two, Final Fantasy X fans. That was a great infomercial. <laughs> I, I really do. I'm, I'm just selling it so hard. You can call our... Our lines are currently busy, but we'll let you know when they're free. Uh... So the collector's edition for the 10 and 10.2 HD remaster is $10 cheaper, but trust me, you're still getting $10 more in value. It's going to be $80, and it'll include a full-size art book. So instead of the limited edition art book that's part of your game case, this is a 40-page hardcover art book, and it's all basically focusing on different character art and stuff from around the world. But the big one you want to get out of here is the visual soundtrack. 
And there's been a bit of confusion over this because it's six hours of all the game's rearranged music from 10. Now, none of it is from 10-2. That is a separate soundtrack and is not included on this, but I think we could all agree that 10 has overall the better soundtrack, even though 10-2 is a really good, good soundtrack. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say, but either way, this is all the remastered soundtrack, and it's on a Blu-ray disc, so... But everyone freaking... Yeah. <laughs> so everyone like Daryl, who's making horrible grunting noises for Blu-ray disc, um, it still has MP3, so you can stick it in your computer as long as it reads, or even PS3 or whatever, but like you'll be able to pop it in something that reads Blu-ray disc and take the MP3s and be able to play them and bring them over to stuff or whatever you people do with CDs. Put them on YouTube. But, uh, yeah, or on YouTube, how most people... But the cool thing is, since it's a visual soundtrack, you put it in your Blu-ray player, and it basically is, for the next six hours, you're going to be able to watch like moments from the, from the game along with the soundtrack that you're listening. Now, we have no idea what this actually looks like yet. I know it's... I think it is already out in Japan, although no one has put it up on YouTube, ironically. Ironically, as Daryl has just said, <laughs> but ho- but hopefully it sh- it should be cool. And I mean, like like I mentioned earlier, it's rare you get both a good art book and sound and soundtrack. But this is, seems to be kind of the best of both worlds. It's the but real the- deal. Yeah, exactly. But the thing you have to realize as well about it is the HD remaster collection is forty bucks, and this is eighty bucks. So you're ba- you're you're paying twice the game. Which I mean, honestly, I, I think forty bucks for both of those games is a steal already. But that's that's just me. And if that wasn't <laughs> enough, I'll even throw in five lithographs of the iconic artwork and characters. That's just for so no kind. Extra charge. I I I know. I had a couple left. I thought throw them in there. So moving away from the infomercials, uh, we're now going to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen. And throughout December, patch two point one went live. Yeah. We we all could not hold ourselves back. We were just clicking that login button. Yep. Just whoo. So the patch it was, was called to not play. Final Fantasy XIV A Realm Awoken. I feel like they should have saved that for an expansion. Yeah. Is that just me? That seems like too good of a name for I think a patch. It means they're going to have to have something similar for every single patch now. <laughs> no, no, no. Every other one's going to be like A Realm a, a realm Asleepin' now. <laughs> but don't worry, woke up one more time. So this patch added a ton of stuff. So like we've talked about it all in the previous episodes, like PvP, new areas, uh, the new um, instances for the dungeons, and all that stuff. Uh, if you're being, if you've been playing Final Fantasy XIV, you're probably more than aware of this by now. But you know, if not, it's out there. I think it came out on the seventeenth of December. So um, if you haven't played Final Fantasy XIV since our last podcast, but want to go and check it all out, do so. Just do it. Hmm. One yes, more month and we'll all be playing it again on our fancy new PlayStation 4s. Yes. Now, actually, before we like move on, just since we're on the 14 topic, have you guys actually seen the screenshots of the PS4 version? I have not. No. Okay. So, people have been in a bit of a blah 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 which looks better one. So the PC one still looks better and people are angry that it doesn't look as good if not better than the PC one. But the fact that it apparently will ha- be able to show more on screen than both versions. Well, it's it, like the main thing is that it's better than the PS3 version, right? Yeah, exactly. Which I thought was like even that one looks really, really good. Yeah, I mean the main issues with the PS3 were just the pop, like the the fact that you just oh. can't see people. It was. Yeah, awful. I mean years of playing shoddy MMOs has got me like pretty used to that. I'd rather you know I'd rather take the PC version where you see lefts than go through the PS3 version again. It's like it's not it's not that bad, but like comparing the two side by side because. Daryl had it playing at the same time I was playing it on the PS3. It would take him, like, two seconds of loading the screen, and then he'd be back, like, playing the game again. 
me. It would literally be there for like five minutes just loading, which isn't bad. I mean, it's I, I'm complaining about it, but like compared to games <laughs> in the past, like it, it's really not loading. that bad. But it's just kind of like the the differences between them were just so different that I was just like, this is kind of not good. And I would try and race Daryl as well, which also makes me mad. Square Enix, you've made it so impossible for me to beat my husband to checkpoints and stuff. I really don't like that. <laughs> well, you see, Lauren, you know the PS4 version is going to have that none of the other versions has? Mm. Instant live streaming. It's true. How would that make it's... her beat me in races? But that wouldn't... Well, yeah, now everyone wouldn't... will be able to watch you cheating at those races, Daryl. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay, we all well... know you're getting on those secret chocobos. Mm. <laughs> well, this next one is about uh, Play Arts Kai figures, which I have one Play Arts Kai figure that I love. I kind of want to get more. I might get this one. But, expensive. Um, I know no, they not. are, but they're so pretty. They are if you get a lot of them. Yeah, they're true. not as expensive. <laughs> they're not... They're, they're not as expensive as those freaking PVC ones, though. Those ones are insane. Oh, I bought one. I bought one of those. Ugh, I don't have any money crazy. now. <laughs> crazy. Anyways, um, Square Enix has showed off a prototype for a Noctis Play Arts Kai figure, and it actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, although I think it's quite sad that's the only Final Fantasy 15 news we've had for about three months. <laughs> yeah. Hey there, hey, there was news recently saying well, you'll get more news when we're ready. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> You'll get more news. news when we're good that, that and ready. Be, you know what? That should be Square Enix's new company logo. You'll get more when we're ready. Yeah, please what, wait. It, it's work for Valve. <laughs> yeah, why can't it work for them? Oh, because they don't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all the news we have for this episode. And now we're going to move on to our burning questions segment, which was about Lightning Returns. So, I think by last episode we were getting pretty fed up with Square Enix and how much they were announcing with Lightning Returns and we, we kind of wanted to get an idea about if you were feeling the same so we asked do you feel that Square Enix has announced or revealed too much about the game so far seems like pretty much everyone agrees <laughs> <laughs> even our even the coast of the show agree <laughs> yeah so we had uh, the first comment from uh, Luke Holdsworth on Facebook who said, I had to switch off their Facebook because they were publishing too many spoilers. And I I almost was sorry. Like, I was posting up so much news on Lightning Returns and some of it I just was like, I don't really want to post this up because I don't want our fans to be like, you know, oh, well, this game is getting spoiled for us now, thanks. Yeah, and Like, I, I really didn't want to do it. That's one of the difficult things about running the site as well, because, um, you know, we're fans of the games. We, I think you get the most enjoyment about it out of the games when you kind of you withhold stuff from yourself. Like, But we have to know everything that's going on. Yeah, and if we don't, we look like idiots. <laughs> yeah, so we end up spoiling the game for ourselves quite often, and, you know, it does kind of take the enjoyment out of it a little bit. But, yeah. you know, it's... But, yeah, I definitely am right there happen. with you. I'm right there with you, Luke. Journalistic, journalistic people problems. Yeah. Yep. First world problems. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, our next one comes from Twitter, and it was uh, at Alan Martinez uh, forty three, and he said they pretty much shot themselves in the story department. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, I, I feel like that's that's a little bit like opinion wise, because I know maybe like I've been focused on the media they've been putting out like, North American-wise, much more than they have, like, in terms... Because I know Japan, like, it seemed like every, like, issue of Famitsu, they were revealing a new story thing. Yeah, like, oh, they, yeah. But that's what they kind of used to do anyway, but it was never anywhere near as bad as this. No. Well, no, like, but literally that's just every the fact character. that Square Enix's PR at this point is basically... 
at least in my opinion, is at the point where they probably think that not enough people care about Lightning Rig, which is probably true in terms of what they wanted to sell and how the sales figures are reflecting them now. But the point is like, they think, all right, what's the best way to generate press if we're, if we're not being if we're not getting any just on name value alone in trailers? Well, let's just put our put our like our face on everything that'll let us put our face on it. It's just yeah. the whole problem, isn't it? I, I I can imagine the theory that they came up with was, um, oh well, you know, if we announce that Caius is coming back, people will get really excited if they like Caius, they'll want to buy the game so they can see him again. Yeah, it's like but it doesn't it doesn't work like that. I think also it's just they just took they probably just took some advice just a bit too much to heart because i mean final fantasy 13 too didn't sell as well as final fantasy 13 like it didn't sell as much so they thought well you know maybe if we were more proactive in our advertising then maybe people will care more but the problem is is that they went a bit too extreme because like i mean the amount of trailers that have gone up for this game is just ridiculous. Yeah, and it wasn't just that. It was the fact that every single trailer announced a new character was coming back. Yeah. And it was it was kind of getting a bit cringe. Yeah. Like, they, they, they really need to go back to how they used to. As much as we hate it, it works a lot better the way they had been, like, talking about uh, Final Fantasy Verse 13 as it turned into... Yes, while it is taking forever... And while we have seen a lot of the same stuff, every time we see something new, even like that, like that Tokyo Game Show trailer is a perfect example. Give us a trailer filled with 80% of the old stuff that we have already seen and are impressed with. That 20% is going to seem even more amazing as opposed to if it was just an entirely new trailer. Exactly. And I, I think like with Lightning Returns, there was nothing wrong with talking about characters that we expected. So yeah. Snow, fine. Hope, fine. Noel, kind of fine. But anyone other than that, there was no point. No. Yeah, like, no. I, I would have rather found out more about um, Lumina as opposed to finding out that freaking Vanilla and Fang are coming back. Like, I like tell us more about your new characters as opposed to the ones who are returning that were supposedly dead. Exactly. It just doesn't really make any sense. Cause I, especially because I think if, if they had waited until people played the game and freaked out about it at that moment... They would have got so much better publicity from it than just announcing it themselves. Yeah, it, it's, it, it's really hard. Like games PR these days. I mean, obviously, like you don't want to give them like too much leeway, but it's like they really gotta like. It's so hard to find that perfect medium. Like even games that are like everyone gets excited about from the get go. Like I remember when Watch Dogs was about to release last year. It seemed like that game was getting a trailer every month. Like in every trade show, it had a, like a new demo to show everyone. Like by the time that by the time that game was coming out, like it was hard to not know about it. And yes, while that's something you kind of want and stuff for a big popular game, like people like us who are always looking at like news feeds and whatnot for that, it's like you just get so tired of like okay, another trailer. It's, for it's just knowing your market, though. I think you know you don't really see Namco Bandai spamming out trailers for Tales games because they know that the mass media, mass market, don't care. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started on how bad Namco Bandai's PR can be sometimes. <laughs> for real. You know real. what I mean, though? Like, they, the people that buy Tales will buy Tales. And the news but they the, get is enough for what yes, they but, have. Yes, but you have to remember the thing is that Namco Bandai is also aware of that fact and they get lazy as hell for that. Namco oh, yeah. Bandai's P Namco Bandai's PR is basically like you'll get a re you get a re reveal trailer and a release trailer. Anything else you get for like trailer wise from them is basically charity. Because like, every if, if you think about like Final Fantasy, I would really love to know what percentage of people would buy the game, irrespective of 
any publicity because I, I would imagine know. it would be quite high. Like if, if if it was just them, like if they literally did nothing more for Final Fantasy Fifteen from now until, like if they like just announced a release date, maybe if they did nothing more, how many people would buy it? Probably more than I could ever guess. <laughs> That's the other thing too. They'll release these trailers, but then like they'll release another trailer and be like all new footage, and it's like between the Final Fantasy 15 the two Final Fantasy 15 ones it's like one small scene within the trailer has been changed but that's and the fine, rest of it is like, if you think about it's the whole thing where at the moment 15 has probably way more hype than Lightning Returns does and they we know nothing about it but that's the exactly. beauty of it because, yeah. because the mystery the yeah. mystery is what makes us want it exactly and like we know that like everyone is really invested in Noctis we really don't even know that much more about the other characters at this no. point and no one really seems to care but it doesn't matter because we'll learn more about them when we play the game we'll learn more about the universe when we play the game at the moment everything we've seen is enough yeah yeah and actually another another good example of that is like hey Lauren what were what were more people interested in the Kingdom Hearts like HD collection or the Final Fantasy 10 and 10 2 one that had gone months and even a whole year without any information on it um it was the longer one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like know. you like you make people like you hang out something long enough to dry and people are gonna be curious what's hanging there yeah but it's it's that it's that perfect balance isn't it it's the sort of you know you can't leave them too long because obviously with Final Fantasy 15 it's been like years and I don't think as many people are but probably it's, it's, interested it's, in it's, it still. It's all about timing and placement and positioning. It's yeah. like if you think about Naughty Dog so when they announced uh, The Last of Us like that was a big deal. Yeah. Then it was, everyone, everyone was expecting Uncarded. Uncarded? Oh, or that's true, un- yeah. Or Uncharted yeah. 4. Um, but like <laughs> after that it was a bit of blackout and there were a few interviews here and there and stuff like that. And yeah. I think the next big thing they did uh, was maybe E3. They probably did something before E3. Oh, uh, no, it was E3. But it's like they Cause just... Because remember, remember they had that big demo and stuff. They just waited. It's like, it's it's very strategic in what they do. But yeah. I think, you know, Square Enix obviously have the problem with... Uh, it's They're dealing with three different continents. Yeah, but yeah, but their big problem is like... Not, Naughty Dog has like... like kind of like how you bring it up. They have that formula. Reveal a game around winter or VGA time. Show it off during E3, and then every and then everything leading up into that year, because like they they know they can pump out a good game in around two and a half years or so with like the way they have their like team split up, and like and like we've gone back like Square Enix in yeah, terms Square of Enix teams, is just like when's this game gonna release? Uh... Somebody somebody yeah. just needs to send Square like everyone just tweet at Square Enix like the definition of the world milestone. So they can learn what those are, so they can hopefully meet them in their development phase. Because like, there's like not having any milestones can be liberating in some ways. I get for developers, but they still need to be there in some ways. Need to a perform. deadline. Yeah, so you're not just sitting there napping and saying like, oh, I should probably work on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah, Lightning Returns. They revealed too much. They've killed themselves. <laughs> mm. um, we don't know what the next betting question is going to be we'll probably announce that closer to the airing of the next episode so keep an eye out for that on any of the various mediums and we actually have an interesting tweet for uh, tweet? we actually have an interesting treat for the music for this segment uh, for the show which Spencer's going to give you a little bit of history about now okay well uh, little bit Spencer li- I know. 30 seconds I, I'm cl- closing the encyclopedia well, I'm assuming most of you guys are fans of Final Fantasy VII, if you guys are listening to this. Who isn't? What is that A lot game? of you guys, 
I know. A lot of you guys think, God, Final Fantasy VII, I like that game. Just a really complicated plot. How can I describe this to my friends and family who I know will also love the plot of Final Fantasy VII? Well, the fine guys over at Starbum, who is a collaboration of Ego Raptor and Ninja Sex Party, have created this new band, and one of their, uh, on their debut album, they have a song called The Simple Plot of Final Fantasy VII. So hopefully this will, uh, give you guys a little, uh, a nice bridge to, like, you know, yeah. get those casual Big fans shout out into, to into the series. If you like it, feel free to go and, uh, and buy their whole album. Yeah, go buy their album, or even the CD on Rodeo Arcade if you want. There's t-shirts, posters. Just buy everything with just their name everything. on it. buy everything. Buy everything. Just, uh, there's just bundle it all. Just one big old thing. And with that, we are now in the outro. <gasps> Goodbye. Yeah. See you guys next yeah. year, 2015. Here we come. <laughs> so the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 4th of February, which is just before Lightning Returns, not in 2015, as Spencer is so, alluding to. So close. Mm. Yeah. I can taste, you can taste her returning. Be sure to, to subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store so that you get updates of what, everything we do. Uh, if you want to find us on iTunes, just search for Final Fantasy. We're number one. Alternatively, if you want to Google Final Fantasy Podcast, I think we've pretty much come up top for that too. Hmm. Also, you can check out everything we do on FinalFantasyUnion.com, so that's where you can find out all the latest news that's going on, any features that we're talking about. Um, I think Spencer's going to be publishing uh, demo impressions from the Lightning Returns Japanese demo soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, also, that, here, let's just say this now so it'll definitely happen, because I know if I have it recorded, it'll definitely be up. It'll be up by the time you guys are all listening to this. So Don't make me commit Final to that! Fantasy. No! <laughs> um, yeah, now it makes everyone work harder and better. Yeah, also um, be sure to check out our Twitter and Facebook. Uh, I said the uh, uh, accounts earlier in the show, but if you don't have that memorized, it's at Final Fantasy Union on Twitter and forward slash Final Fantasy Union on Facebook. They are managed by myself and Lauren. Hmm. And uh, they're doing really well for themselves at the moment, I think. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Yeah, I'm proud of me too. You did, you did good, kid. Proud of Lauren. <laughs> Yay! So yeah, time for you both to say farewell. Bye-bye. Goodbye. And everybody, if you enjoy this in my talkings, I don't know why you would, and also Shin Megami Tensei Persona, you should totally check out my other show that I do called Shin Megami Tensei Network. Just check it out on iTunes. Just look up Shin Megami Tensei and we're number one. Thank you very much. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm See how short that was. And I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a TweaksMusic.com and FinalFantasyUnion.com production. Hello, and welcome to Talking Video Games. Today's subject is games with simple plots. I'd like to welcome our guests. Would each of you please say who you are and give a brief summary of the plot of your game? Yes, hello, my name is Pac-Man and I eat dust and fruit. My name is Donkey Kong, I throw barrels at a guy. Hi, I'm Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII. My game's plot is pretty simple. It goes like this. I was a mercenary working for the Avalanche Gang Awesome eco-terrorists who you'd probably want to bang I got trapped in a reactor shortly after my last grade And got shot into a slum where I could have gotten squayed That squirrel is for anyone who's wondering at home Anyway, I met a girl inside the Midgar Zone Her name was Aerith and I soon became her bodyguard She knew how to work a staff and she made my body hard Okay, cloud, this is getting complex So we're gonna move on to one of our other guests I knew that Aerith was a Cetra Excuse me 
Rosemary singing. She could lead us to a promised land where energy was springing. I went to rescue her, but I was captured and detained. There uh, I met Red 13, a talking lion with a mane. Cloud President of Shinra was shot by Sephiroth. A super evil Genova style monster clone jerk off. Hey! We learned about Genova, got our things, and then departed. Wait, I'm totally confused. I haven't even gotten started. We met Kate Sid as well as Vincent Sid and Yuffie. We had gotten very tired, and my balls were kind of poofy. So Aerith let us rest her tide as continued on. Until Sephiroth killed her, and then she turned into a swan. What? Wait, that didn't happen. Sorry, let me get rebooted. This is sort of where the plot gets a little convoluted. Earthquake happened, and it started snowing like December. Then some other shit went down that I don't seem to remember. Easing up the whole show, Cloud, please take a rest. So let's hear from one of our many other fine guests. Huber, what's your game about? I jump up blocks, and you asteroid ship? I blow Brooks. Back to my story, Sephiroth was casting spells to make a giant meteor and blow guy out of hell. Wait, that doesn't make sense. How on earth would you know? Shut your stupid French mouth. No one asked your glass show. God! Went to the planet's core. Sit down, Ninja Gaiden. I'm not done, you stupid whore. You defeated Sephiroth, who is now in godlike form, and cast a holy spell to stop the asteroid storm. The light stream stopped the meteor. The whole planet was saved. After hearing that plot, I think I have to go shave. You got something to say, Digda? You wanna fucking go? Wait, watch this hose in my ass. Oh, Jesus, go!